0: Well, God is good. Did you come to receive today? All right. We'll we'll get after it. I know we kind of had a few other things we added to it today, but uh, I want to go to Luke 15. I'm going to read a common text today, um, but there'll probably be nothing common about what we share about it, but uh, Luke 15, please, and I'm going to go start in verse 11, Now I'm going to ask you one more time this time just take a second and think about it but uh, uh did you come to receive today? Yes. All right, so got some things I want to share today and uh, and hopefully everybody's got a, an ear to hear it and uh praise the Lord so verse fifteen says this then he said a certain man had two sons now um, you know sometimes there's a, a little bit of you know uh, some of your uh uh, you know, scholars or whatever, you know those that have been through the word and studied the word and everything. Um, you know, we know that a lot of times this is referred to as a, as a parable, uh, but there are many who have studied this who believe that he's actually talking about a certain family. All right? He just gets done talking about a couple parables, but then he brings us brings up and he said, "A certain man. everybody say a certain man?" A certain man had two sons. So this story is about a father and his two sons. All right? A father and two sons. Everybody say, two sons. All right. So uh, let's read on. It says, The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. In other words, my inheritance. So he divided to them his livelihood. Everybody say, to them. All right, And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country. In other words, out of the, uh, you know, just away from his country. And there, there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. All right. Now when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Now we, we don't really totally know the time frame. Could have been a year, could have been several years, we don't know. But uh, now all of a sudden he's in want. Everything's gone. The bank's dry. Then he went and joined himself, in other words, cut covenant with a citizen of that country, which is a big taboo no-no. And not only to, you know, was that a bad thing, but then he ends up going out into the fields to, fe- to feed the swine or the pigs, which was huge. Okay, because uh, uh, according to his custom and what he ra- was raised, that was a definite no-no. But nevertheless, that's how bad it got, all right? And it said he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods or the food, right, that he was feeding the pigs. Uh, He would have been glad to eat it, and no one gave him anything. Now, obviously, he shouldn't have have joined himself to that citizen. In other words, that's the wrong place to make covenant with. Now, there's a whole lot of things being said here, but verse 17, But when he came to himself, have you ever been there? All three of you, have you ever been there? Uh-huh. going along and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose and everything seems to you know, hit rock bottom and, and all of a sudden you, kind of, you come to yourself. Now, don't, hopefully you don't have to wait that long. I said, hopefully you don't have to wait that long. But uh, this gentleman came to himself, you know, and he said, how many of my father's hired servants? In other words, those that work for my dad are eating better than I am. Come on. They have bread enough to sp- and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise. Now, he's starting to, starting to get a game plan here. I will arise and go. Everybody say, and go. And go to my father, and I will say to him. Now, see, he's, he's sitting here, amen, this, uh, he, he's legitimately trying to come up with what he's going to tell dad because he realized he blew it. What we got going on here is a true, really, it it really is a repentant thing going on. This isn't false humility going on here. He recognized what he's done wrong, and he wants to go make some things right. He said, I am am no, this is what he says, "I, I will go to my father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, Amen. He was a great wealth, but his father saw him. Obviously, he was looking, right? He saw him and had compassion. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a good thing. It's a good dad, right? I said, that's a good dad. It's a good father. I said, that's a good father. Amen. Had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That was, obviously, the boy probably still smells a little bit like pigs. But it didn't matter to dad. He was just glad he was there. And the son said to him, Father, this whole thing has got worked up, right? Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now, according to uh, Jewish custom, he wouldn't be because of what he did, because of the covenant he cut with a, a foreign citizen, and plus being in there feeding the swine. So there's a lot, a lot of this that's actually an accurate statement, all right, according to their customs and tradition. And he said, Father, I, I have sinned against you, or against heaven and your sight, and no longer worthy to be called your son. But verse 22, the father didn't give heed to it. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his, in other words, a signet ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. In other words, amen, really to be honest, it was a, a lot of that was actually a part, a part of, a, of a covenant ritual. Amen, all the, the robe, the ring, the sandals, all of that was basically saying it's all behind us now. It's a new day. You're in, 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 you know, put back into the household, back in the family, praise God, is what Dad was saying. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. All right. Now his older son, everybody say the older one. The older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of the servants and asked uh, what what these things meant. And he said to him, in other words, the servant said to the brother, your brother has come and because he, he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. And he was angry, all right, and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. And so he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you and never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet, you never gave me a young goat, or in other words, a, uh, you know, talking about, you know, a, you, know, a, you know, a party, you know, kind of a deal. In other words, you didn't, you didn't kill the fatty calf. You didn't kill the goat and, and make merry with my friends, or that I might make merry with my friend. But as soon as your, I love this, as soon as this son of yours, you think there's a little sibling thing going on here? Well, just hang on, okay? who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, uh, you killed the fatted calf for him. In other words, he feels like he's being rewarded for what he did. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, was lost, but now he's found. Now, everybody say two sons. The story is about two sons and a father, a merciful father. And um, the thing is that both these sons, um, uh, really, to be
1: honest, um, they forgot who they were and they didn't have a clue who their father was. They're both sons. Didn't realize who they were. And both of them
0: reacted a certain way to something. That signifies the fact that they didn't know who they were, and they sure didn't know who their father was, which was sad, because he obviously was a very merciful father. So we have a story about two men here, and um, the first one, of course, is usually what everybody talks and discusses discuss, you know, about, is the, is the prodigal son, a lot of times referred to as the prodigal son. Uh, the word here, prodigal, it means wasteful, riotous. Uh, dissolutely, okay, which means no restraint, uh, which means, and he obviously had no restraint. He went out there and obviously blew all all of his inheritance. Um, it also uses a word, is defined as uh, uh, profligacy, okay? Now, I have no idea. I had to look that up, but it just means no moral dis, no moral principle, all right? So not only no moral restraint, but no moral principle, okay? So in other words, he was just out of control, all right? It also means excess. Uh, which means beyond the rules, limits, or the means, whatever. So, so he's living wasteful, riotous, out of excess. In other words, he's just wasting everything. It also means this. It means unsavedness. and okay? some dictionaries, don't even use that as a word, uh, but it means something to you and me as believers. Unsavedness, which just means living outside of God. Okay? In other words, you're living like an unsaved person. So
1: um, there are a lot more prodigals than you think. There's a lot more prodigals than you think.
0: Um, sometimes prodigals still come to the church. Um, they don't all just stay away. Uh, sometimes they show up because um, it it brings uh, a sense of, uh, um, maybe it appeases their conscience, we could say. Because um, sometimes, you know, um, like King Saul, you know, he had a distressful spirit and the only thing that would cause that to alleviate or to lessen was when he had David play for him. David would play and that spirit would subside and uh, he could kind of get his head above the stuff again and kind of breathe again, feel like he wasn't under that thing. And I uh, saw a lot of people do that. They come to the house of God and they get that. Now, we're, we're grateful they come to the house of God. Um, we want everybody to come because you never know if that time they come, um, even if they are maybe came still thinking they're playing games or still thinking they're just whatever. Um, you know, I, my hope and heart would be that something would click, something would happen, and their life would be changed. Right? We have some people that only come on Mother's Day or Easter. That's another one. And, uh, uh, you know, and we're grateful that people come when they do. Uh, We're never down on that. Um, But uh, we also know that, um, and, you know, as I'm saying, that there's a lot more prodigals out there than you think. All right. Now, um, there's two sons and a father mentioned in this story. Now, for whatever it's worth,
1: did you notice the father never chased after the son? A lot of ministries, a lot of ministers have been wore out,
0: beat down, and gave up ministry because they spent most of their lives chasing prodigals. I won't chase a prodigal. You want to go live in the mud? Go live in the mud. You want to play with the pigs? Go play with the pigs. I love you. My arm's are going to be wide open every time you turn and come back. And I'm going to love you no matter what. I made that decision a long time ago. But I ain't going to chase
1: you. Somebody say, "Well, what about the well? You know, the one in ninety-nine. Well, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that.
0: Let's take a look at it. We'll back up in the chapter, go to verse one. Let's take a look at this. All right, because here's the setting of the whole story. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners. Are you kidding me?"
1: Tax collectors, they've got to be the bottom of the barrel. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew
0: near. Everybody say, drew near, because it's key. They drew near. They drew near to Him to hear Him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners. This word received means welcome. In fact, your cross reference might even say that. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So then he, because of it, he speaks a parable to them. Why is that? Because what's going on right now is not just about tax collectors and sinners, Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. Come on, somebody.
1: But it's about two sons and a merciful father. So he starts it off telling a parable because he can see, I got two
0: individuals here, two type. Now we know there's more than two men in the room, but we got two type of people right now. We got those that are basically living whatever, living outside of God, and we got those that that know it. Come on. And then are convinced that they're living for God. Two people. And what we have Is a gentleman by the name of Jesus who represents a merciful Father. Still with me? Amen. So I'm going to ask another question. Did you come to receive today? All right. So it goes on here. He says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when He has found it, He lays it on His shoulders rejoicing. Now, I don't know by you, but, uh, you know, uh, my kids were in 4-H, and they raised lambs, and the lambs get bigger. And uh, at first, when they're young, it's easy to throw them over your shoulder. They get a little bit bigger. You ain't doing that no more. So, you know, so that kind of signifies something. It's probably not a full-grown sheep here. It's probably a lamb. Come on, somebody. They kind of wandered off, didn't know what they were doing out there playing. And next thing you know, they're not with the herd no more or with uh, whatever they call it. Is it. a flock. Thank you. All right. So anyway, uh, so, you know, he found it, throws it on his shoulders. He's rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, uh, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you. Jesus defines it here. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. we say repents. Who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. What's the, what's, what's the, guy, what's the deal here? Is he, is he saying that the one's more important than the 99? He just says that that one
1: turned and repented. He brings the whole story starts verse
0: 1 where the tax collectors and the sinners have
1: drawn near They came to here The others are upset that they did come What are they doing in here? And why is he receiving them? Because they came Because they drew near. And when they draw near, the Father draws
0: near to them. It doesn't place them above anybody. It doesn't say they're greater. It just says they repented. That word repent means to stop, turn, and go the other way. And we have reference after reference after reference in here of tax collector, sinner, come on, who have stopped, turned, went the other way, and served God. One of the stories out of uh, uh, John eight, we see a woman that was brought to him, a woman caught in the very act of adultery. The whole thing's kind of silly to me, anyway, because obviously she wasn't alone. It's just, you know, just a thought I'm having. But uh, they just bring her, so whatever, uh, you know. Uh, anyway, we have all kinds of ideas, whatever. But the point is, they bring this girl, and they basically just did this to try to trick him, to get him caught up in his words, whatever, and said, this woman's caught in the very act. According to the law, she needs to be stoned. What do you think? So he's, you know, he knows what's going on. He ain't stupid. So he's down, he's doodling. He kind of leans down, doodling the ground, and, you know, everybody's got ideas, whatever. I just think, quite frankly, he's, he's doodling. They just wait, you know, just wait and hear from heaven. Amen. Sometimes you don't, what do you do? Uh, Well, did you get a word from God yet? No, then keep doodling. Huh? Keep doodling. Well, I'm tired of doodling. It doesn't matter. Did you get a word from God? No, then doodle. (laughs) So the word's clear. He, Jesus himself, made it very clear. I don't do anything unless I hear the Father. Say it. I I mean, don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. So until I know what to do, I doodle. Whatever. Okay, so he's doodling. Ah, he stands up. He gets a word. He said, i tell you what. um, He,
1: without sin, cast the first stone. Because what do you got here? Well, you got two sons. Well, no, it's a girl. Well, whatever. You got two individuals.
0: You got one that's clearly living outside of God, and you got the rest of them thinking they're living in God.
1: And neither one of them know who they are, and neither one of them know the Father. So, Jesus said, He
0: without sin cast the first stone. Well, of course, they're all smart. They realize, "Ah, good one. Good one. So they one by one walk off from the oldest to the youngest, because you always got the young buck still thinking, maybe. Anyway, the point is, they, you know, they all walk out. It's all all significant. So he addresses the woman, he says, Where's your accusers? She says, They're all gone. He said, I ain't here to condemn your accuse you either. But go and sin no more. So I'm pointing you towards your future.
1: You just had, you just experienced. A merciful father. Nowhere does he condone sin. Nowhere does he justify
0: sin. The father didn't justify or condone his boy's actions. He settled it. It's a new day. That's behind us. I'm going to point you towards your future. Let's go. Are you still with me? All right, next one, just in case they didn't get it right. He's still talking to them, but you notice the key is about repentance, about him drawing near. Anytime somebody draws
1: near, we throw open our arms and we welcome them. I don't chase them. You want to be a fool? Be a fool. I ain't going to chase
0: you, but the minute you turn and come back, my arms go up and wide, I receive you, and I'll do everything I can in my power to help you in any way that I can to at least minister to you, give you some insight, and help you. Anybody else in agreement with that? Now, hang on. Everybody say two sons. Okay. Anyway, another story. He said, What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search it carefully until she finds it. Obviously, they got some wealth to it, right? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, uh, saying, Rejoice with me, uh, for I have found the peace uh, that which, lo- which was lost. Amen. Likewise, I say to you, everybody say likewise. See, it's just, likewise, I say to you, here, or pardon me, there is joy in the presence of the angels, over God, over
1: one sinner who repents. The whole story is dealing with men who drew near to Him
0: regardless of what they did an hour ago, a day ago,
1: a week ago. They drew near. And so through these stories, we're finding out God's highest commodity is people. It's people. Now, if people want to be foolish, they're going to be foolish.
0: That's what the world does. But the minute they turn and make movement toward God, and since I'm an under-shepherd of the shepherd, if they come to this house, I'm going to be here with the arms wide open and do my best.
1: But I ain't going to play games with you either. And I'm not mad. I just thought I'd throw that in there.
0: But I ain't going to play games with you. You want to play around? That's your business and you're going to get the results of you playing around. And you just better hope that you don't play around too long. Cuz there are wages. I said there are wages. And you just don't want to be caught when the wages get too high. Come on somebody. So it isn't worth playing that game. Okay, so verse 1 or pardon me, verse 11 then starts, okay, there was a certain man, right, who had two
1: sons. Well, first and foremost, let's take a look at this.
0: <clears throat> the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Now, that right there in itself is just, it's just taboo. I mean, well, come on, dude. Give me my inheritance. Now, nowadays, because of the way tax things work, they, they might set up things with foundations and do different things to try to avoid paying some taxes. So sometimes you know a, a, a parent might release some of their inheritance, put it into a fund or into a uh, you know into some kind of a, a trust, uh, you know whatever, and they do that, but back then that, that wasn't happening.
1: So we don't know what happened. I do believe there was a fallen out. two sons. I think something happened. It could be. They had a falling
0: out with each other. It could be that the boy, just, you know, maybe he, you know, growing up, looking over the fence, thinking everything looked greener on the other side. Looking over there, thinking, you know, I should be over there. Why am I trapped here? Happens, right? Sometimes, you know, you feel, you know, honed in or fenced in, and, you know, maybe
1: maybe that's what happened. But regardless, Dad, give me my inheritance now. Now, usually, there has to be a death before there's the inheritance. Now, you can get whatever you want out of this. I think it was dishonorable. I think,
0: bottom line, this is why I think there was an issue. Because basically he said, I don't really care about you. Just give me what's mine. I'm out of here. He
1: didn't care about his dad. And he didn't care about his brother. Now, you remember that. Because the brother didn't just have an attitude. The brother felt betrayed, abused, and overlooked. Are you with me? The other brother.
0: You have to understand that. Remember, two brothers, two sons, and a merciful dad. Come on. Give me what's mine. So he divided to them. The father did it. Why? Amazing, isn't it? A merciful dad. But you notice it said he divided amongst the two of them, divided to them his livelihood. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, of course, he wasted it all. Well, that happens. You know, when you draw back, the Word says, you know, we don't, we're not those that draw back to perdition or destruction or ruin. But you have to understand, a lot of people do it. Anytime you draw back, you're drawing back towards something. You're drawing back away from your covering, away, come on, away from, come on. Remember, part of prodigal, part of that is about Amen. Separating yourself from the way of God. So you start backing up, drawing back. That's why you have to understand there's a lot of prodigals that are even in the house. There might be some in the house today. Raise your hand. No, no. Just teasing. Uh, but there could be some in the house today because you're drawing back. But you have to understand anytime you draw back, it's trouble, Bubba, because you're exposing yourself to the elements of the world. You pull out from under a covering. You expose yourself. All right? All of a sudden, this boy thought, you know, he probably grew up in in wealth and understood and used to live in a certain way. And all of a sudden, now he's got his pockets full. Goes out there thinking it's going to be like usual. No, it ain't. You're not at home anymore. You're not where you need to be anymore. You're out from your covering. And so all of a sudden, man, it goes bone dry. That's why we got a lot of folks out there broke, busted, and disgusted. They pull out. Next thing you know, listen, I'm going to tell you what. Somebody said, well, I don't know why you talk about this stuff. Because it needs to be talked about. We always try to avoid it. Well, you know, I don't want to say anything. When you pull back, you're opening yourself up for trouble. And you think the enemy's just going to lay back and go, hey, bud. It ain't happening. He's going to take because he's a stealer, killer, and destroyer. And that's what he's going to do. That's what he does. But in this story, praise God, this boy came to himself. I said he came to himself. Now, everybody say he came to himself, verse 17 there. Okay, which means he wasn't himself.
1: He didn't know who he was. That's why he left. He didn't know what he had. Didn't know
0: who he was. That's why we got a lot of believers the same way. They don't know who they are in God. They don't know what they have in God. They sure don't know, the, they sure don't know their father. Well, how do you avoid those kind of things? That's where, like, what we talked about earlier about thanksgiving. You better learn to start being thankful. You might be amazed at what you're missing out of just because you're not thankful. Sometimes we overlook all those things that are going on around us. We we miss it because we're not thankful. (sighs) The other thing about not knowing the Father, uh, let's go ahead and put this verse up, Karen. Put Matthew 6 and 33, a common verse. Everybody knows this. Seek what? First. What? Kingdom of God and His What?
1: And what happens? All these things. What things? See, if you know the Father, if you know who
0: you are and you know your Father, you ain't going to go out there chasing anything else. The grass ain't greener out there. You just go after Him and all the other stuff that's out there, all that stuff you think's always on the other side of the fence starts chasing you. That's how the kingdom works. When you understand who you are and who your father is, you don't have to chase anything. You chase him, if anything, you chase him or seek him, and what happens? Everything else starts coming your way. But when you don't know that, you start chasing everything else. And the next thing you know, you're out from your covering, and you're exposed. Bang. Trouble hits. I better get it all out today, because I don't know if you'll come back next week.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Nobody wants to live outside their covering. Now, I ain't saying everybody has to go to Word of Victory.
0: Well, maybe they should. But anyway, uh, not everybody has to go to the Word of Victory. I understand that. Okay, A lot of good works. A lot of great things going on there. But I'll tell you one thing, amen, when you do come here,
1: we're pretty protected. Amen. Now, again, if you want to go out and be a fool,
0: I'll let you do that. The Father will let you do that. But the second you turn back, stop, turn, make movement, we're going to be with open arms. I purpose that, I purpose that. So, we say, well, not everybody thinks that way. That's because there's
1: another son. There's two sons. So now we get down here. Let's go a little bit further down the story.
0: And we see the other son. <clears throat> Verse twenty-seven. He was told that your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry. Everybody say he was angry. We have classes
1: for that. But there's a reason he's angry. Why? Because he was hurt. We know that. He goes on, verse 29.
0: Put that up there, if you will. He answered and said to his father, "Um, lo, these many years I've been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment any time. You know what? He probably didn't. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friend. Now, there's where he he crossed the line. Because you don't know your father. Because the father made it clear you could have, all that I have is yours. and you could, have had it, you could have had your friends over every weekend if you
1: wanted. I wasn't stopping you from all that. I wasn't holding out on you. But what happened? First off, he felt, he felt uh, betrayed by his
0: brother. He felt abused because he felt like, because listen, anytime, listen, we're all called to do our part. Let me try this side because I'm not getting a lot of movement here. We're all called to do our part. Ain't nobody exempt from that. Right? Right.
1: We're all called to do our part. Nobody's exempt. And when you book it, you just left a workload for somebody else. And all you did was create feelings. Nobody
0: wants feelings, nothing more
1: than feelings. It's truth. So you don't do
0: your part. Somebody else has to do. So he's thinking, I'm out in the field. Now, my workload doubled. And even though we got servants and people helping, I still got to take care of your crew and I have to take care of my crew. And I'm over, overworking my pickup. And it's breaking down on me. And this is happening, and that's going on, and this person's over. And then they forget. Now, next thing you know, I got them calling me because the job ain't getting done like it
1: should be. And, oh, yeah, all of a sudden, you show up. Ooh, let's have a party. Let's have a party because you came back.
0: You see what I'm saying? We think, oh, what a mean brother. He should be thankful. He should be. But you have to understand where the feelings come from. You have to understand where the anger comes from. You have to understand how he feels about something. See, we want everybody to understand our feelings, how we
1: feel. We don't give a rip about the other guy. Or a father who you've grieved. Did everybody come to receive today?
0: (laughs) See what I'm saying? See, there's all, what happens, you got two brothers now that don't know who they are and didn't know who their father was. Well, what about the brother? What about, well, 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 first off, we should all, the Word says, be merciful as your Heavenly Father is merciful. That's why I had to years ago, okay? Because you used to bum me out a lot. You did. Whew. Whew. Work your tail off and get going, and then everybody and their dog hightails it when the going gets a little bit tough, and you're sitting there left holding the bag, and then you're feeling like, Ugh. So then you gotta try to pull on this person to do a little bit more and this person to do it. And I say, I'm sorry, I know you're used to wearing that hat, but you're gonna have to pull that hat off, put on a different hat for a few minutes. Well, <coughs> and now I got a whiner. Oh. somebody, uh, a many a minister, a many a preacher, a many a
1: leader, departments outreaches, all have to deal with these things, all have to deal with it, all have to deal with it, well,
0: you should just be okay, well how about you chump, how about you just be okay and not run away, well, is that easy? So you had to repent, had to turn back toward God. We're here with open arms. Why? Because
1: we had to settle a long time ago. This is what we do. But not everybody thinks that way yet. You got a few brothers that are still going, what
0: you talking about, Willis?
1: You left me dry, dude. You just pulled out on me, and I'm just to be okay. Well, actually, yeah. Actually. But if you knew who you were, and you knew who your father is, you'd be okay. Let me say, two sons, both had issues. Both forgot who they were and both forgot who their father was. So I'm talking to
0: wherever you're at on the spectrum of life, where you're at in the family, if you're the grumpy brother that doesn't know how to treat the rest of them, or you're the one that runs and comes back and runs and comes back and runs and comes back and runs and comes back, back, or you're just the person caught in the middle going, I ain't saying nothing. And I don't want to do nothing because we got that group, too. But they didn't talk about the third son. (laughs) (laughs) I could hang out on that one. Anyway, the point is, it doesn't matter where you line up in this thing. Do you know who you are?
1: And do you know who your father is? Put uh, we'll close it with this reference. Put uh, 2 Corinthians
0: three. Let's put that up there. Karen, thank you. Appreciate you. Give her a hand clap if you will. <clears throat> now listen. We have such trust through Christ toward God. Everybody say trust. Okay. Verse five, please. <clears throat> Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from where? In other words, everything that we need is in God. Did I give you verse 6 too? I thought I did maybe. Give okay, verse 6. Who also made us, as, made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The word there, the... Kills are literally, the letter takes life, but the Spirit gives life, okay? When it's living by the law, by a list of do's and don'ts, you're going to lose life over it. You live by the Spirit, you gain life. That's what happens sometimes when we're the other brother. We get doing living this way, and a lot of times because the fact the workload or everything that's happening, the pressure of whatever it is, pretty soon you don't even realize that you're not living by the Spirit anymore. You forgot who you were, and you definitely forgot who He was. He's your sufficiency. So no matter how much work you got to do, if you spend a little time with Him, you'll be empowered to do it. Well, I just, I just don't know if I can forgive. Well, if you hang out with Him, you'll be able to forgive. Because you can be merciful as he's merciful. The word says mercy triumphs over judgment. But if you're not hanging out with Mr. Merciful, you're probably not going to be so merciful. And then what you do is get cranky, point your finger at him, bark all the time, and then nobody wants to be
1: around you. So now you're the grumpy old barking older brother that's out in the field alone. And then now the, the other
0: brother, the younger brother comes back waiting, you know, you're grateful that he's here. Praise the Lord. If it's if it's done with sincerity, amen, they're gonna be wide open, ready to change me, adjust me, whatever. If they're still playing games, they're gonna come and look at you and just use you as their excuse to why they don't come back to church.
1: Because you're Mr. Grumpy Pants. And they'll even use verses like,
0: because they always know verses. Yeah, Yeah, if you were merciful.
1: Come here so I can hit you. You know what I'm saying?
0: See, you got people on all ends of the spectrum. That's why it just pays. Years ago, the Spirit of
1: God just says, open your arms, receive them. receive them. Amen. See, then I don't have to run
0: from you when I see you in the grocery store. I don't have to. I see you in the grocery store. Hey! Now, you might be running from me. And most of them do. They do when they're in this condition. They don't want to talk to you. But that's fine. But I'll... Ha! Ha! Caught you! You been? Woo! What you buying? <gasps> no, I don't do that. There's times I want to say that, but I don't do that. I really don't. Amen. I'm just glad to see him. I said a long time ago, I'm gonna love him because I'm gonna be merciful as he's merciful. God forgave me, and if you knew me before, you wouldn't like this guy at all and you probably wouldn't be going to church here. So He is very merciful to me. Okay? Come on. And I am grateful for His mercy. And so my thought is, if He'd be merciful to me, I'm going to be merciful to you. Amen. And that's what we're going to do. All right? But you have to understand, the reason for this today is you need to understand both sons. You're one of them. Or maybe you've been both somewhere along the line. That can happen. Uh, But you have to understand where everybody's coming from.
1: Okay? If somebody's upset, let them heal.
0: Let them work through it. You can't use it as an excuse. Or you really didn't repent. You're just playing games. If you're really looking to grow, you're looking to You know, to be something, go somewhere in God, walk out your future in God, and you just hunker down and just stay with it and let God grow you up. Amen. And if you're in here today all mad because they're all wanting to grow up, well, you need to grow up too. So it just comes down to this.
1: Everybody has to grow up. (laughs) Who'd have thought?
0: (laughs) So, we just do our part just to teach you with arms open wide and say, let's all grow up together. Yeah. Did anybody get anything today? Yeah. Give the Lord a load of praise. Yeah. Amen. Why don't you all stand up and look at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing we're all growing up today. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs>
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: So if you're in here today and um, you're playing patty cake with the devil, um, stop it.
1: Stop thinking about the grass being greener on the other side because it ain't. It's a lie. And once you get over there, you'll find out it's a lie.
0: doesn't end up good. So, you know, if you're playing patty cake with that, then just stop it. Get your heart right. Get your head right. If you're in here today because you're all mad and upset, the rest of the group or whatever, your other brother or whatever
1: it is, knock it off. Grow up. Be merciful. Or I'm going to tell on you about your stuff.
0: But you know as well as I do, we're drawn on mercy all the time, too. Amen. Amen. Every attitude, every time we do or say or whatever, come on now. And we all have moments. I have a moment. You have a moment. We've all had moments. But I tell you what, it just pays to grow up and do the right thing. Love people. Be merciful. Be kind. Amen. Live for God. Amen. Well, what do I do now? Keep moving forward in God. Well, what about, doesn't matter, live for God, move forward, you'll be amazed. Seek God, all this stuff will come your way. Amen. Just do the right thing. Amen. Father, we give praise and glory and honor right now. We're thankful for this people today. They had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. We're thankful, Lord God, for all those that are even watching and listening by Internet. Father, bless them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Empower them to do what's right. Amen. And, Father, we give thanks and honor that the good work that you began within each and every one of us, amen, you're going to finish that work, and we're grateful. We can be confident that you're going to finish that work. So we give thanks and honor for that. We give praise, Lord God. Thank you for your mercy, for your forgiveness, for all the times that we, whew, mercy, hallelujah, all the times that we crossed those lines, did those things we shouldn't have done. We're grateful, amen, that you're pointing us toward our future today, and we give thanks for that. Father, forgive us for the times we were upset and angry with everybody, the time we held grudges and and the hurts and the pains uh, against others. Father, forgive us for all that mess. We just give praise and glory for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. For your mercy, your compassion, and for your forgiveness. We give praise and honor for it. Hallelujah. If you're here today.